Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, as Christians, we call and know Jesus as many things. He has many titles, and we know him as many things. We know Jesus as our Savior. We know that as the Messiah. We know Jesus as the bread of life when he gives us the Eucharist. We know Jesus is called the rabbi. He's called the teacher. So there's a lot of things that we know Jesus as, as these titles. But there is one image of Jesus that we rarely hear about or do we, and we, rare, we rarely talk about. And that is Jesus the groom. In today's gospel, we heard John the Baptist say the following. The one who has the bride is the groom. The best man who stands and listens to him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made complete. So St. John is actually talking about a broom, a groom, not a broom, a groom. So he's talking about a groom. He's talking, so there's a groom, there must be a bride. Is there a wedding going on? He's talking about a best man. What is this verbiage that St. John is talking about, St. John the Baptist? What is this talk about the groom? St. John the Baptist is talking about Jesus and how Jesus is the groom of the bride. Now, that may sound confusing. We may hear this today, 2,000 years later. We may hear this and Jesus being a groom and there being a bride and a wedding and a best man. This is something that we might be confused about because we're not, we're not uh, familiar with this verbiage. We're not familiar with this idea of Jesus being a groom. But when St. John the Baptist is talking to his disciples because his disciples are coming to him and he responds that Jesus is a groom, they're not confused because St. John's uh, disciples, they know they're... Hebrew scriptures. They know the scriptures and they're not very, uh, they're not confused about this at all. And in their scriptures, they know that God is known as the groom. We hear this in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, after God had rescued the Israelites from the hands of the Egyptian slave, from, from slavery from, the, from Egypt, and then he parted the Red Sea, God refers to the Israelites as his spouse as his wife. We heard it in a different part of the gospel. And Isaiah says, God says this, for I, your husband, am your maker, whose name is the Lord. And so, but there's a problem. God rescued the Israelites thousands of years ago. He rescued them from the hands of the Egyptian slavery. He makes them their, he, he becomes their spouse. They become his wife, these people, the Israelites. But there's a problem. They were unfaithful. Israel, they're known as unfaithful because they didn't keep their promises in this marriage covenant that God had made with them. They started to worship a golden calf. They turned to other gods. They turned, into, they turned towards idols and fake gods. So then there's a problem because then their marriage covenant is messed up. And so we hear in a different part of the Old Testament, it says, God says this, The day I took them by the hand and I, to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke all day, although I was a husband to them. And so even though the Israelites were unfaithful to their marriage covenant with God, God still wanted to be their groom, which brings us back to today's gospel. Right? They were not confused when St. John in today's gospel refers to Jesus as the groom because they knew their ancestors were unfaithful. They knew that their ancestors broke the marriage covenant between God, who is the groom, and Israel, which is meant to be the spouse. So they were not confused by this. By St. John referring to Jesus as the groom, when, he's, when they come to him and they say, hey, he's baptizing more people than you. St. Uh, John says, he is the groom. I'm just the best man. 
I'm not the Messiah. I'm not here to save you. He's the groom. And so by him saying that, what is he saying? He is referring that even though the Israelites were unfaithful to their marriage covenant with God, God still wanted to be their groom. And St. John says this, by by St. John referring to Jesus as the groom, he is saying that Jesus will fix the broken marriage covenant between man and God. The groom with a new marriage covenant, new vows, new promises. And he did that at the Last Supper. He is saying Jesus is the new groom. Jesus is God. Jesus will fulfill what God promised in the Old Testament, that he will be a groom and he will rescue his people, his spouse, the people, the Israelites. But that's us. Jesus fulfilled a new marriage covenant. God wanting to be the groom and us being the spouse. God wanted to do that and that's what that means. At every Mass, we are reminded of our marriage covenant with Jesus, our groom. We hear at every Mass, right, the priest, I will say later on today during Mass, I will say, and as a reminder, I will say, he gave the cup to his disciples and he said, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting marriage covenant. We're being reminded of this new marriage covenant. We, the spouse, Jesus, the groom. This is what we're saying at every Mass, and you guys respond, Amen, which means, yes, I believe I'm in a marriage covenant with Jesus. Yes, I'm here for the wedding feast. I'm here to renew my marriage vows at every single Mass with Jesus the groom. He's the groom. We're the spouse. Now, this can be a little uncomfortable, especially for men, right? If Jesus is the groom and we're the bride, we're the spouse, this can feel uncomfortable. That's weird, but it's not weird. It's not weird because a spouse has to lay down his life. He puts his life down for his his bride. A groom does that for his bride and a bride does that for her groom. When they get married here, in front of God, they're saying, I will lay down my life for my spouse. So we can get a little weirded out as men, maybe some women too. We can get weirded out as Jesus being our groom. But what that means is that our groom laid down his life. That when he laid down his life on the cross, we were married. We entered into a marriage covenant with Jesus. Jesus laid down his life. He shed his blood for us. That's love. Love is sacrifice. And that's what marriage looks like. And we are the spouse. And today that requires a response. It's a reminder in today's gospel of our marriage covenant with Jesus the spouse. How faithful are we to our spouse? Again, every Mass is a wedding celebration. The book of Revelation describes heaven as the Mass, and the Mass is considered a wedding feast. And we're celebrating our groom, Jesus, every single time we come to Mass. Every time we come to Mass, we ask ourselves, how faithful have I been to my marriage? My spouse is always faithful. How faithful have I been? And so this is what we're saying. Jesus being the groom can seem, again, uncomfortable, but it goes so much beyond that. Tomorrow, the world celebrates Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is supposed to be all about love and how you feel. Valentine's Day, brothers and sisters, is about love, but it's about that kind of love. Jesus proved his love for us on the cross, willing to shed his blood. 
So tomorrow, the world celebrates Valentine's Day, right? Valentine's Day is a day to rekindle the love in our physical marriages. A lot of us are, are married, and it's a day to rekindle that love that we have for one another as husband and wife. And if we're single, then Valentine's Day is a day to look forward to the day where I can show my future spouse the love I have for them. But all of us, brothers and sisters, are in a spiritual marriage with Jesus. We are in a spiritual marriage with Jesus. And so Valentine's Day is a day for us to remind ourselves and ask myself, where is my love with Jesus, my spouse? Where is it? What does it look like? Where am I with the Lord? And so it is a day for us. Let us celebrate Valentine's Day, but not in a worldly way. Let us celebrate our Valentine's Day to rekindle our love for our spouse, Jesus. This is what Valentine's Day is all about. And we ask ourselves to rekindle our love for Jesus again because, brothers and sisters, Jesus proved his love for us on the cross. If we ever wonder, does God love me? Does Jesus love me? Look there. Don't look to the world. Because that's a reminder. And so when we open up a marriage file as priests, right, as we open up a marriage file for any couple that says, Father, we're ready to get married, and we open up a marriage file for them. When we open up a marriage file for new couples preparing for marriage, we tell them that every marriage has three goods. Three goods of marriage. Faithfulness. Marriage is faithful. Marriage is permanent. Marriage is fruitful. And in our marriage covenant with Jesus, we ask ourselves, how faithful am I to my spouse? How permanent is my relationship with my spouse? And how fruitful is my relationship in my marriage with Jesus. So let's break those down. Number one, the first fruit of marriage, faithfulness. A spouse must promise to be faithful to their spouse if they're entering into a marriage. How faithful, again, have we been in our spiritual marriage to our spouse, Jesus? We have to ask ourselves, right? We are unfaithful, brothers and sisters, myself included. When we break a commandment, God has told us, if you want to be faithful to me, follow these commandments. And what do we say? Ah, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. Oh, that's outdated. Oh, that was a long time ago. Oh, we're, we live in a different time now. These commandments, they're outdated. God never changes. He's told us, if you want to love me, follow my commandments. We don't get to decide what is a commandment and what's not a commandment. I heard a statistic recently. 50 per, out, of, out of the majority of the people who've left the Catholic Church, they've left the Catholic Church because of the sixth commandment which is from the waist down. Figure it out. It has everything to do with sexual relations. Oh, I can do this. I can do that. I love her. I'm going to marry. So they leave. This is not faithfulness, brothers and sisters. That's one of the Ten Commandments. God has given us His commandments. How faithful are we to His commandments? To our spouse who loves us, who laid down His life. Do we love Jesus or are we lovers of men and women through pornography? That's being unfaithful, brothers and sisters. We're in a committed relationship to Jesus. Are we lovers of Jesus or are we lovers of money, possessions, and assets? That's being unfaithful. Are we lovers of Jesus or lovers of power, status, and titles? What do people think of me? I need to make a name of myself. There's nothing wrong with making a name for ourselves. But my first name is, I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. That's the only title that matters, brothers and sisters. That's faithfulness. Am I a lover of Jesus or am I a lover of self? Because I'm so interested in myself and I want people to know about me and I'm filled with pride and selfishness and making everything about me, me, me. 
St. John the Baptist said, let him increase and I must decrease. Second fruit of marriage is permanence. Our marriage with Jesus, our spouse, is permanent, which means forever. Do we waver in our faith? Do we doubt and not trust Jesus, my groom? Because my relationship with him is permanent. Do we, abandon to, do we abandon him when times are tough and when we're suffering? That's not permanence. If we, yes, God, I love you, things are going really well in my life today, and, and you're here with me, and I, I really feel your spousal presence in my life, but when things are bad, bye. Permanence is a fruit of marriage, brothers and sisters. So fruitfulness, I mean faithfulness, number one. Number two, permanence. And the final one is fruitfulness. Married couples are called to be fruitful and multiply through the sexual act by bringing children into this world. Now you may say, okay, how do I do this? What does this look like? How am I supposed to be fruitful in my marriage with Jesus? In this spousal commitment with Jesus, how am I supposed to be fruitful? What does it look like? In our spiritual marriage with Jesus, our spouse, How fruitful are we by bringing spiritual life into this world for his kingdom? I am called to be a model of Christianity at work, at home, and at school, and how I act and what I say. Because I'm a Christian, I will not do this. Because I'm a Christian, I will act like this. And people see that, and they're committed, because you're committed. I'm called to be like John the Baptist as well. I'm called to be like John the Baptist who calls himself in today's gospel. He says, I am the best man of the groom. To be a best man, according to Jews, that was your role. Now, I don't even want to, that's a whole other homily. I don't want to get into what the best man's uh, purpose is today. Well, I need to plan the bachelor party and we're going to go to this inappropriate place and we're going to get drunk. That's a joke. But that's for another homily. I'm not going to get into it today. But that's not what a best man is. A best man's role in Jewish tradition, and, and St. John the Baptist says, I'm the best man to the groom. What's the job of a best man? The job, the, the job of the best man is to make the marriage happen between, the, between the, the groom and the bride. He makes the marriage happen. And so my job and your job as the best man, when it comes to fruitfulness in a marriage covenant with Jesus, is am I bringing spiritual life to those around me? The best man connects the bride and the groom. If Jesus is the groom, then there is brides out there who are lost and addicted and far away from Jesus. And my spiritual fruitfulness to this world that's lost, broken, and confused is I'm the best man. I bring them to Jesus. I share the good news of the gospel that, G- that God, loved so- God loved the world so much he gave us his only begotten son that he shed his blood on, he- on the cross. And that's the same marriage that there's people out there who are lost, who need to know about their spouse, Jesus. And am I telling them the good news of their, their spouse? So that's another way that I can be fruitful when it comes to my marriage covenant with Jesus by being the best man. So, brothers and sisters, at every wedding ceremony, the bride and groom exchange wedding vows at every, at every wedding ceremony where they stand here. And today I want to end a little bit differently. I want to renew our marriage vows with Jesus, who is our groom. So, you're going to repeat after me. The first thing you're going to say is I, and then you're going to say your name. Don't say, say your name. Say your name. So, I, and then say your name. So, I, say, say I, I, and say your name. Take you, Jesus. To be my spouse, spouse. I promise promise 
to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life.